downloading, downloading audio. Non-stop. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio Podcast. There's a lot of angels in the Christmas story, but their roles are really different. And Bible scholar Michael Heiser just released an entire book going through the Bible, really digging into angels and how they work and how God uses them. And in the Christmas story in the Gospel of Luke, he said, an angel appears and speaks to the shepherds living out in the field and announces the coming of our Savior. I find it really interesting how that original Greek reads, you know, and suddenly there was with the angel an innumerable company of supernatural beings composed of the ranks of the heavenly army. I'm just imagining being that shepherd in that field in the middle of the night with no one around. All of a sudden, this population of angels the size of the state of Montana appears all around me. It's kind of unnerving. Most of the time we think of the Christmas story like if we had been there and a big company of angels would show up, we'd like, yeah, two thumbs up. This is awesome. This is exciting. I mean, is that really the reaction you would see if you saw an army all of a sudden emerge in front of you? No. In the Old Testament, when angels are collectively gathered like this, it usually isn't good news because they have the role of carrying out judgment on people on the earth, like the plagues. Psalm 78 has a company of destroying angels behind the plagues of Egypt. I mean, if if you're a person familiar with your Old Testament as a first century Jew, you see the heavenly army appear and you think, you know, this must be the day of the Lord. It's beatdown time. But that's not what happens. They're there to herald the coming of the Messiah, which is good news. So it's actually something unexpected. What do you think most of us miss about the role of angels in the Christmas story, Michael? I think that we tend to read the Christmas story and lots of things in the New Testament without regard to the precedent of the Old Testament. So I think a lot of it is lacking an Old Testament context for you know, what we see in the New Testament, because the New Testament writers aren't making anything up. They're drawing on their Old Testament, which is three-quarters of your Bible. It's just that the Old Testament, I think, just gets generally neglected, and it sort of steals a lot of the context for what we find in the New Testament. Like Guardian Angels, that's a really good example that it has an Old Testament backdrop to it. What can we really know about angels? We're talking about discerning the fact from the fiction with Dr. Michael Heiser today at SWIS Radio. A few years ago, you wrote a book digging into exactly what the Bible says about God's heavenly hosts and who they really are. Michael, this time of year, we sing all of these old Christmas carols. They go back hundreds and hundreds of years like angels we have heard on high. And after you've done all your Ph.D. work studying angels and studying the Semitic languages and your study and digging through the Old Testament times, when you hear a song like that, what does it invoke for you? There's a lot of good theology in that song. The thing that's pronounced the most, of course, in that song is the worship of Jesus, the heralding of his birth, yes, but also the worship of Jesus. And in the Old Testament, who do the angels worship? It's God. So if they're worshiping Jesus in the New Testament, that ought to telegraph an idea that Jesus is God in the flesh. And Hark the Herald Angels Sing actually has lines in it like that. We tend to think that's all angels do. Angels actually enter into decision-making with God. In Daniel 4, this is the story of Nebuchadnezzar when a watcher, that's another title for an angel, one who keeps watch, and a holy one comes to Nebuchadnezzar and says, hey, I hope you like grass because you're going to be eating it for a while. You know, he tells him you're going to go insane for a little, a short time, and it's because of your arrogance. And he says, the Holy One says to Nebuchadnezzar, this is by decree of the watchers, plural. And then three verses later, he says, this is by decree of the Most High. So that tells you there was some mutual participation there. And you say, what does God need help? Is he weak? Does he need assistance? 
No, he doesn't need assistance, but he does use them. He doesn't need us either. He doesn't need the church. But he likes to have his intelligent creatures, angels in the heavenly realm, humans, believers on this realm, participate with him in getting things done that he wants done. So if you sort of capture that, there are a lot of passages in the Bible that give you glimpses of the participation in our lives of the members of the heavenly host. It's just, again, we lack that because we don't have a firm grip on the Old Testament. It gives us context. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion, give it a five-star rating in your app store. The way the technology works, your ratings really help spread the word.